What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand News Show. And as you know, I am a brand ambassador for Urban Boulevard. Use the code Brandon.30 at UrbanBoulevard.us. That is the website. Use the code Brandon.30 for 30% off of your purchase. Let's get into it. So this episode is, again, one of my new series coming to my podcast, which looking forward to uh, Life at Times with Music. And the first episode is actually dropping um, this week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, talk about what I feel about summer music vibes, I guess, black uh, black there of vibes of music. So that's coming out this uh, week. Be on the lookout for that. Um, but today I will be talking about one artist, uh, and I've done this before back in the day, but now that I'm doing this series. I want to particularly shine lights on because music right now is just shitty. And there's not really that much music to talk about that I actually like to listen to. So, you know, I do old school. I do I do jam sessions, you know, with people. So I I, I don't listen to a lot of this new shit. Um, but uh, it's one particular artist that I've I've done it before with, but I did it before about. But now that this new series is here, I wanted to kind of bring it back and kind of go over a bunch of this artist. Biggest milestones, albums, things that I feel like this artist has accomplished and why I think this artist is one of the greatest to ever do it. So uh, let's get into it. And today's artist is the one and only Drake. Yep. Drizzy, Drake, Rogers, uh, Jimmy Brooks from Degrassi, or whatever the fuck y'all want to call him. Uh, Champagne. You know what I'm saying? I call the nigga at all. What he calls himself, but I'm not calling. It. <laughs> that shit's weird. Um, Six God. You know what I'm saying? You know that guy. Um, Drake. Um, I think Drake is one of, if not, uh, sorry about that. I think Drake is one of, if not, uh, the biggest artists. I mean, let's be real. Uh, that has graced music in the last 20 years. Um, he has uh, accumulated so many hits, so many records, so many things. And, you know, for me, I became a fan of Drake, and like everybody did, when So Far Gone came out, uh, 09, you know, um, 2009. Uh, so Far Gone was a, was a mixtape that came out at the perfect time. For somebody like me who, you know, dealt with a lot of um, teenage angst and a lot of um, self-doubt, so far gone, you know, listening to Drake might have been, what, 21, 22 at that time when so far gone came out. I mean, so you're listening to literally a, a... person that's trying to figure out shit <laughs> like and it's probably why Drake is such a, a big artist and one of my favorite artists because when I was at my lowest in my life at pretty much at 15 years old becoming a freshman in high school going from a, a, a becoming a, sh- a small fish in a big pond you know you know so far God comes out and becomes such an, a massive a massive album but you know I remember my brother telling me about this dude and my brother was like yo Lorraine signed this dude named Drake 
and he played me every girl in the world. And, you know, the second verse after Wayne was Drake. And I was like, okay, they, he kind of killed it. Okay, I can fuck with that. And then in the second part, I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of tight. And then, of course, you know, then the best I ever had came out and skyrocketed. It was done. It was, it was just like that. And then a lot of, at this time in life, music used to leak. A lot of songs used to leak. So his shit was leaking like every other day. So that's what made me a huger fan. You know, he would drop, it would be records with him and Lil Wayne that would leak, you know, the first ever, uh, forever with him, Wayne, and Kid Kid. And then, you know, one of my favorite songs by Drake and Wayne together is Stunt Hard. It also features Kid Kid, you know, and I grew up on Kid Kid because he was a part of Young Money back in the day. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I grew up with that, man. So Drake. Songs were leaking. I'm still fly with Paige. The original, he's singing on it, but the I'm still fly version that I I particularly you know grew to love is him just rapping, and he is rapping on that bitch. I'm still fly. He's just rapping. He's like Paige. I'm sorry to take your song, man, but I just always liked the song, so I just thought I should just you know get it going. And he just and I'm like Paige. I understand why Paige never put that nigga on the original song because. That nigga verse was just fucking classic. Like it was, a, it was a dope verse. Um, but then you know he had so many songs leaking, you know. And then of course, you know, of course he did Uptown, Uptown on so and so far gone. Like I said, Uptown, I'm going in. Um, ignorant shit. Um, free with him and Wayne. There's so many songs that was so. Uh, so good, man, that he put on So Far Gone. One of my favorite Drake songs still to this day is Fear. Um, that literally spoke to me when I first heard it. Um, he has a verse, uh, you know, one of my favorite verses he's ever done is literally on Fear, where at the end he's literally like, you know, you know, I pop bottles. I pop bottles because I bottle my emotions. At least I put it all in the open. And I think as a kid that didn't know he had anxiety, depression, he knew some shades, but he didn't know really what to call it. Anxiety, depression, bipolar, that verse, it meant a lot because I'm like, yo, that's just true. You know, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I bottle my emotions, you know, and I understood what that meant because I couldn't tell a lot of people how I felt at that time. And I didn't, and at the time I wasn't in therapy, I, you know, this shit was taboo, to say the least, that I had a mental hurdle in my life. So that song spoke to me. Out the gate, it just spoke to me. Uh, the Calm, Congratulations. Like, So Far Gone was such a classic album, man. It was a classic project. Because it's not an album, it's a classic project. Mixtape, EPs, project. Um, and then 2010 hit. And I remember what they thank me later was even, you know, it was coming. I remember what thank me later was coming. And I remember so many people, and I mean so many people being like, you know, I remember so many people being like, um, Drake is the next, next big star. I think people forget how much pressure that dude had on him when he first dropped, like, 
everybody knew he was the next big star. You had people like T.I. Kanye West produced the best I ever had. Kanye West directed best I ever had video. Like, Wayne signed him. Jay-Z almost signed him. Like, it was so much pressure on Drake. So, Thank Me Later did numbers, but I think the overall picture of what Thank Me Later was as a debut album for Drake, who was supposed to be the guy now, it didn't particularly, you know, go well. But now that I go back and listen to that album, it's one of my favorite Drake albums that he's ever done. Like, in his discography, it's, it's literally third. I would, I would give it over So Far Gone and, like, um, if you're reading this, it's too late. Like, it, it's third for me because for a debut project, like, I feel like if he was to put out Over right now, which was the first single off the album, if he was to put out Over right now, that shit would go diamond. It's not even a question. Shit would go diamond. Shit would go diamond. Believe, for real. Like, that song itself would go diamond. It's not even a question. It go diamond. Because at that time, you can hear what he was crafting, but you didn't know how far he was going to take it. If he was to put out over right now, that should have gone down. It's not even a question. And Thank Me Later was actually a really good album. Like, And I think he kind of, he's like, he wished Take Care was more like his first album and Thank Me Later was like later on in his career. But I like Thank Me Later. Now, now. You know what I'm saying? But I liked it then when it came out because I was such a Drake fan at that time that I liked Think Me Later. You know, Show Me a Good Time, Karaoke, Fireworks, Alicia Keys. Like, I think if you put Think Me Later out right now, it would go down. Like, if people already had a take care, nothing was the same, if you're reading this, it's too late. If he would have dropped that and maybe, like, not Scorpion or Certified Lover Boy or some shit like that, and he dropped You Think Me Later now, Oh my god, that album be fucking fire! Like that'd be the, the the best Drake album of all time. And a lot of people be like, "Oh, that's classic." All right, there it is. He's got that. To a lot of people, Drake doesn't have a classic, but to me, he's got like three. He's got like four, four projects. That I think like it's like legendary. Shit, five actually. I get into that. I'm gonna get into that. But <clears throat> thank me later if he was to drop it right now, will be a classic. I mean, you probably would remove couple of collaborations, like a couple of people particularly. Like, I think you keep Jay-Z, you keep Lil Wayne, you keep Nicki Minaj. You probably replace Alicia Keys with, like, Summer Walker. Probably replace Jeezy on Unforgettable with Lil Baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's certain people you would replace because it would fit modern. That, but Wayne, Nicki, and, and, and Jay-Z, you keep those features. <clears throat> Even fancy, fancy with Swiss Beast. Do you keep it or do you, you get rid of it? I don't know because it is such a respective song. And but now, like, look at that relationship. It's funny how that shit went. Is <laughs> I like, like, and like, but like, Think Me Later was such a, a great project. But when you now go back, and I think this is kind of like the Drake essence, right? Because when you go back and listen to his albums, you kind of respect it after the fact. Not in the moment. You respect it after the fact. And Thank Me Later was one of those albums I respected after the fact. He's got a couple albums that I respect after the fact. And I got like a couple, like three, maybe four projects I respect right then and there. Like when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, that shit is classic. Um, But Thank Me Later, like I said, Fancy, 
which was like a massive hit when it first came out. Um, and I think that Mary J. Blige was supposed to have that song and she turned it down. It's just crazy. Um, you know, T.I. even did a verse on it, which another one, like I said, I, you probably replace T.I. and maybe put Future on it, maybe nowadays. Like, but like a thug, like somebody. But yeah, man, I, man, I think that, um, Emulator is one of those albums that you go back now and listen to it, and you're like, yeah, this shit was fire. This was a really good album. Um, which moves into, you know, Take Care. And to a lot of people, Take Care is probably Drake's best project he's ever done. And I was listening to it a little bit today before I got on here and started talking about it because I wanted to really make sure I, you know, I got the essence of it. And, um, Again, it goes back into my life. You know, where was I when this album first came out? I remember it was the week before we got out for Thanksgiving. Because my junior year in uh, school. And I remember being seven period in art class. And my homie was, we was talking about the album. And I was like, man, I got, man, I'm about to go listen to this, this Drake album. Because I think it was like, it came out that Tuesday. Yeah, kids. Albums used to come out on Tuesdays, not Fridays. Tuesdays. Remember that shit, ladies and gentlemen? Remember when albums used to come out on Tuesday nights? And you used to have to stay up at 11? And knowing damn well you got to get up and catch this fucking bus at 6 a.m.? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, remember that shit? Remember that? that on my fucking iPod. <laughs> at a fucking iPod and shit. Like, oh, my God. Um... <laughs> um but yeah um so <laughs> take care comes out man and take care is such a such a, uh, an, an incredible pro- body of work and i think if you was to actually a drake fan that probably might be the the clear-cut best drake album we're gonna get because it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't too heavily R&B. He wasn't trying to sing all crazy on it. And he wasn't also, but he was rapping. He was also rapping hard. Like, he was rapping like he had a purpose. So, Take Care, I think, is, that's why so many people universally will say if there is a the best Drake album, he does have a album that is, like, timeless, it's Take Care. There's certain songs I could do without on that project, to be honest with you. Like, it's like the the fucking him and Rihanna song. Eh, I could I can't do without that song. Um, yeah, I can really do without that song. That might be the only fucking song I can do without on that whole project. Cause we be we'll be fine with him and Birdman. I I mean take Birdman like take Birdman talking on there. I I take that song. But him and Nikki and Nikki was so hot at the time. Whatever she touched also was just certified. And and then him and Wayne, like, that was the closest that I think we would ever get to, like, uh, a Wayne and Drake album. Because Wayne was on that nigga shit the entire album, like, from, like, um, what was it? You know, they closed the album out with the motto, which is a bonus track. They had Real Her. 
with three stacks, which is still a fucking classic if you go listen. Like, I listened to that shit today, and I was, I had to replay that bitch. I'm like, yo, this shit was so fire when it came out. Um, and hell yeah, fucking right, which is another fucking classic. And seeing them two dudes perform that shit at the OVO Fest, it's like, that is what solidified that album so much. And like I said, that might be the closest thing we ever get to a Drake and Wayne project, because them niggas was killing shit at that time. Wayne had just got out of prison. Carter 4 was just dropping. And then, like, Drake just took off. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Man. Yeah. I I feel like Take Care. But then you had songs like Lord Knows of Him and Ross. Speaking of the motto, I still to this day don't know how Ross uh, didn't get some money for YOLO. Because Ross is actually the person that actually created YOLO. You go listen to the the motto. Um, yeah, if you go listen to the motto, you know, the, like if you go listen to Lord Knows at the beginning of the Lord Knows before Ross starts rapping, he literally says YOLO, you only live once. And Drake said he heard that shit. He said he heard that what he said, and he was like, "Yo, he got so much catch. He got so many fucking catchphrases." I can easily take that shit and run with it. Like, he's like, Ross got so many catchphrases. He ain't gonna miss this. And, uh, but Lord knows, you know, it's such a fire fucking song. And that's him and Just Blaze, which you don't hear that a lot. You don't hear Drake with a lot of the, you know, those producers, man. But him and Just Blaze, um, yeah, man, that was fire. Lord knows it's fire. One of my favorite Drake and Ross collaborations. Um, like I said, him and Nikki, him and Wayne in three stacks, man. And then you know, practice when he took Juveniles back that ass up beat and he just took it and ran with it. That show was classic, oh, man. And then of course, like I've always said, like the first time I heard Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar in the weekend was on Take Care, Buried Alive, Interlude. With Kendrick, Kendrick literally is talking about how he's he meets Drake, and Drake is already successful and he's already a superstar, and it makes him rude and impatient because it's not like, yo, this nigga's actually already getting this shit, like he getting it in. How the fuck do I get on? And then a year later, he had to ask those questions no more because a good kid, Mad City, just just kill shit. But that's interesting. That's a timeline of where how crazy and how fast that shit became friends turns into rivals. Like that's crazy how that shit went. Um and then a weekend. Like the weekend, you know, stole a show on Take Care. The Crew Love is still one of the best records. Not just they did together, but it's just like it's one of the best records. Like like still to this day, people know that song. Even if like even if you don't listen to Drake, you know that song. You know Crew Love, which is the craziest thing because it wasn't an album release. Like he didn't put it out on the radio, but if you play that song, everybody knows that song, and that's how you know that album was just so damn good. And of course, go back to my you know my seventh grade, you know my eleventh grade year, seventh period. I'm, I said, like, hey, man, I might get on the bus and listen to this Take Care album. And my dude, uh, dude was like, yo, like, you need to listen to the ride. Like, that shit's fire. Like, go listen to the ride. 
I'm like, the ride? And he's like, yeah, the ride. <laughs> and I get on a bus. And that's the first song I played on the bus. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Whoa. I'm like, yo, this shit fucking fire. The fact that The weekend is singing on that shit and the, the fucking, like, the vocals is just like, what the fuck? I remember, I want to say, I, I know it wasn't Take Care because I know my brother wasn't playing Take Care. I think he was playing uh, Dream Chasers 2 by Meek Mill. And Dream Chasers 2, mixtape by Meek Mill, Meek took the ride. He took the he took the hook, he took the into uh the instrumental, and he took the weekends hook the chorus. And my brother and my brother's like, Yo, who this singing? You sound like a bitch. <laughs> He's like, I was like, nah, I think that's a dude. I think they call him the weekend. <laughs> He's like, hey, that's a dude. <laughs> So go back in time with me a little bit there. Yeah, that was kind of how that song went. But The Ride is still one of my favorite songs by Drake. That shit is just that fire, man. Like, And it, it reminded me of, like, Fear. And and it reminded me of, like, a song like, um, you know, Unforgettable on Thank Me Later. But Drake got songs on these projects that you, as a, as a Drake fan, that's the songs you look for. You're not looking for the radio records. You're looking for the songs that make you still connect with him, in a sense. And that's kind of what that was. And the ride was such a massive, that shit was so fire. That shit just was different. You know what I'm saying? Because he's literally rapping about now being in a, and if over got him, showed you that he's still trying to figure it out, the ride is like, nigga, I'm here. But now I still need directions to stay in this motherfucking position. So, yeah, man, the ride was such a, the ride was different. The ride was so different, man. And, yeah, man. I also take into account the rollouts of these projects, too, around Drake. Drake had so many good rollouts at those times. You got to think, when Thank Me Later came out, he was literally working with every fucking name under the fucking stars. Him and T.I., him and, you know, Farrah came out. And then, you know, and all these songs he had coming out when Thank Me Later came out. 9 a.m. in Dallas, you know, which I wish he would have put it on the Thank Me Later's album. 9 a.m. in Dallas, which is still one of the best freestyles of the a.m. p.m.s that I would still say, you know, because it still holds precedent to where he's at. Um, but then you take in a take care rollout. I'm on one. And, you know, you had I'm on one, him and Rihanna, uh, what's, your na- what's the name or some shit? I forgot the, sign with the name of that song. Uh, I think Mr. Wrong with him and Mary J. Blige, but you, but then you have, like I said, my own one. You have Aston Martin Music with him and Ross, just solidified it. Then you had, of course, like I said, him and Wayne with, you know, She Will, and of course, him and Wayne and Jada Kiss. You know, it's good. And then him and Nikki with, you know, Moment for Life. It was just, it, it, you know, Drake had so many songs. Free Spirit with him and Ross, which just solidified that they're they pairing. To me, Club Paradise, which was an incredible fucking song. Still to this day, it's one of the best Drake songs I've heard. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It was it was just a different time, man. And I keep thinking I think it was either before or after, I can't remember. But I think um Dreams Money Come By was also before the album came out. Before Take Care came out. I think he dropped like a three song thing, Free Spirit, Dreams Money Goodbye, and um Club Paradise. And Dreams Money Goodbye. Go listen to the Care Package uh uh EP that's on Apple or wherever you listen to your music. Go listen. That's the first song off the fucking thing. Dreams Money Goodbye. And I always thought he was talking about uh Wayne on that part where he's like talking about like how a lot of people on his own label are hating on him. I thought he was talking about Wayne, but it wasn't Wayne. It was Tiger. If I actually, like, now I go back and listen to it, it's actually, he talked about Tiger, because at that time, I think at that time, him and Chris Brown were starting to beef, like, heavy at that time. Tiger and Chris was super tight, and Tiger was just hating on the nigga, just off the rip. Like, Tiger was just hating on this nigga. Tiger always wanted to be where Drake was, and he just could never get there by himself. He always needed a Chris Brown to kind of drag his ass. And... And yeah, so when you hear Drake say, you know, you know, these niggas can't even fit my shoes. Like, 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 like these niggas can't even fit my shoes. You're talking about me, but yeah, nigga, you can't even fit my shoes. You can't even do what I'm doing. But you hating on me. It's kind of weird, don't you think? So I thought that shit was really interesting, you know, but Dreams Money Could Buy is such a fire fucking song. But the rollout to take care of was also a very, a very good, you know, rollout. Then you move into um, nothing was the same, and that whole t- entirety of that that rollout, like the entire roll out of nothing was the same, is just different. When you take it to account, when you take it to account, um, you take it to account the beginning of that that project. Like I said, him and Chris Brown, they had a they started beefing at that time. They had a bar fight, a club fight, throwing bottles. Um, and he dropped 5 a.m. in Toronto. And that shit lit, lit, the, lit that shit up. 5 a.m. in Toronto. And then you go into uh, Girls Love Beyonce, which was a fire fucking record. Still to this day, it's fire as fuck. Um, then what else? He, he dropped uh, The Motion, which is still one of my favorite Drake records. The Motion. Um, and that was before the album. That's before the fucking album came out. Fucking problems with him, ASAP Kendrick, Two Chains, Poetic Justice with him and Kendrick, A Man with him and Meek, uh, May Man with him and Ross. Like, yo, this nigga had so many fucking songs that came out around that time. Uh, I want to say Stay Scheming also was around that time. Yeah, Stay Scheming was before nothing was the same. So you had to stay scheming. Like, he had so many fucking songs and records that you were just like, bro, can, can you quit for a second? Can, you, can we get a timeout, nigga? Can we get a timeout? Um, no New Friends, which a lot of people forget. No New Friends actually came out before Nothing Was The Same. And then Nothing Was The Same comes out. Tuscan Leather is literally the hardest intro that Drake's ever put together. Like, it's it's just a different era. Like, it's a different intro. Like, Every album that Drake's ever had, he's had like a somber welcome in to the album. I'm gonna quick pace. I'm gonna like slow it down, then quick pace it. But Tuscaloosa just it felt like a '90s beat. Like it felt like some shit you like could 
like, like, yeah, I fuck with this. I fuck with this. It was such a classic, you know, beginning to nothing was the same. Then you go into farthest thing, which he sings at the beginning, and then goes straight into the rapid, which leads to started from the bottom. You know, started from the bottom, literally. It was a cult classic. It was such a it's such a cult classic. It's like started from the bottom, now we here. <laughs> like yeah, everybody still does the dance and everything. It's just it, that shit. He still performs it, and when you go to like his shows, it's still like that shit still gets the crowd going. You can hear the beat. Everybody just like everybody still just boys tell stories about the man. Like it's just like oh that shit just hit different, man. That shit just hit different. Um. You know, Wu Tang Forever, and then Own It, which I was, and you could tell I was listening to nothing was the same before I even started doing this. Uh, Own It, uh, Worst Behavior. The first time I ever saw Drake in, in concert, he plays what's Worst Behavior. The whole fucking place go crazy. It's like, yo, that shit is a moment. Hold on, we're going home, which literally solidified that album. Um, connect, like connect is just like you gotta live in Houston to understand connect. <laughs> I'm gonna just put it like that. Is like you can literally feel like you're sport. Like they swing here too. So two a.m. go somewhere and just put that song on. You'll be feeling that shit. Swing, swing, and a swing, and and it's got you know you know trade the truth. Swing and swing and pop, pop my trunk and dip, dip. So it's just like, wow, man. That song. It's just so many songs. And then, of course, it closes with Come Through and All Me. I remember when he dropped All Me. I remember the night that he dropped All Me. And I remember being like, yo, Drake just dropped a fucking song. And that's how funny it is. This nigga, literally, the picture of All Me is this nigga headshot of him acting. Like it's like what he what you would put out for people to like come and get you as an actor. His headshots, his pictures, his fucking picture of all me is literally him. Like he's like going to Degrassi or some shit. Like he's sending it to Degrassi or some shit. Like in the fact that he two chains and Big Sean, which at that time you never heard Drake and Big Sean because I always thought the niggas was beefing. Because I think at the time, you know, Big Sean was starting to get hot because of Kanye and good music. And so, you know, Drake even said, you know, on uh, I'm On One, a lot of people thought he was talking about Big Sean when he was like, you know, you know, this shit don't last forever, boy, some shit like that. Like, everybody thought he was talking, because he said boy, and you know, everybody knew Big Sean was saying boy at that time, like boy. And so he kept saying that in the verse. So people thought he was talking about Big Sean. And so... To hit them two on a song together, it was kind of like ironic. And I was like, okay, that shit was weird. And, okay. And then Big Sean has the part of the song where, and that's another thing about Drake. Like, he lets you have your moment. He lets you have it. Like, he's not going to rush it. He lets you have it. Which, you know, you don't really hear that a lot with a lot of artists nowadays. You know, where they let you have your moment on their own song. You know, Big Sean comes in and literally steals the fucking song in, like, the first two seconds he does it. Like, shut the fuck up. I got way too much. <laughs> like, yeah. Shut the fuck up. I got, like, it's like, okay, this is different. But that then, like, 
all me, he killed it. He turned it into another fucking conversation. Nothing was the same. And then, of course, like I said, the beginning to how it became nothing was the same was incredible. How he closed that out is even crazier. Because then you think about how he closed nothing was the same out. Jodeci freestyle with J. Cole. Migos in him. He put the Migos on. Versace remix. Um, zero to 100. Draft day. Like, like this nigga just had songs, man. And that's how he closed Nothing Was The Same out. Like, the era of Nothing Was The Same. That's, those are just songs he just closed this shit out with. Like, he just closed this shit out with that shit, man. And here's the thing. And, 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 and I still could count this as Nothing Was The Same era. Uh, well, kind of. I mean, 2015. So, nah, I can't count it as 20. Nah, I can't count it as Nothing Was The Same. But then he rolls into, you know, 2015. If you're reading this, it's too late. <laughs> like, like, if you're reading this, it's too late. If you are a I like it better when Drake raps fan, that's, that was for you. That was literally for you. Like, where he just rapped. You know, six man, six god. Know yourself. Uh... What else? Energy. You know, but he did have some songs on that where he's singing. Like, um, what he is singing. Um, like, Jungle. You know, Company. With him and Travis Scott. Put Travis Scott on. Like, Travis already kind of been getting buzzed. But then, you know, Drake did it. It was like, oh, shit. He's really getting buzzed. But... Music at that time, man, if you read this, it's too late. And then he just dropped it. He didn't say shit. He just dropped it. Legendary, legend, you know, all this shit, man. He was, nothing was, if you read this, it's too late. It's still to this day a cult classic. It's still a classic. People still use that shit to take people to proms. <laughs> like, like, if you're reading this, you know, I want to take you to prom or some shit. It's like, that shit is crazy how he, he, he just, did that shit, man, um, but yeah, man, um, man, yeah, you know, if you're reading this, it's too late, and then that rollout at the end, where he's literally, you know, dropping, you know, at the end of, if you're reading this, it's too late, that's when he goes and does that's when he goes and do My Way with Fetty Wap and, you know, and he starts to put other people on. Him and Future start having a run, which leads into What a Time to Be Alive, you know, and just those types of records and those types of songs. It just, it was different, man. It was different. Views then comes out. You know, well, What a Time to Be Alive, but that was more so him and Future. When I first heard it, it was okay. And still to this day, it's okay. It's not like some, not some Drake and, you know, I never really wanted Drake to do a collaboration album with a lot of people because I always felt like it, it just wouldn't feel right. But if he did it with like Wayne, that was the only person I, him and, him and Wayne and him and Ross. Like other than those two guys, I didn't want to hear Drake with a lot of people. Um, But yeah, I, you know, What a Time to Be Alive is, is, is still, you know, it's okay. 
it still hasn't grown into like the particular way it should have grown into. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, and views definitely just yeah. Views, I think, it was the time where he kind of started to get a little bit conservative, and he started to pay attention to what people would say about his music and how. And plus, that was the time around the ghostwriting rumors. So I think he kind of was like a little bit more like very protective over his shit, but also very the Drake we I grew to respect and love and music, it kind of faded during that time. And Views, and here's how crazy this is, because Views is still one of those projects that I, I do still respect, and I think, like I said, he's had so many albums where you respect it after it comes out. And Views is one of those projects. Um, when the album first came out, it was okay. I thought it was okay. It was decent. I didn't really grow to love it until literally seeing it visually. Like, seeing it at a, like, that was the first show I've ever been to, like, ever, that was my first ever concert I ever went to, was the Summer 16 tour with Drake and Future, and I don't know, and being back home, because I went home for that one, New Orleans, I went to New Orleans, uh, Smoothie King Arena, um, me and my brother, and he, he went for Future, because he's a huge, he was a huge Future fan, and I went for Drake, and I was like, yeah, and that show, man, it made me respect views so much more. When, you know, he starts playing certain songs, and then, you know, he plays Child's Play, and Child's Play's got New Orleans in it. So the crowd going crazy when the New Orleans part come on. And you start to see these things, and you're like, wow, this dude is just different. And there's a particular part in this show where, you know, um, you know, he does zero to 100. And he says... You know, I should sign a hit, boy, because I got all the hits, boy. And then it literally, do, 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 and then it just goes straight to every hit he got. And at the time, I think at that time, that's when um, For Free came out, him and DJ Khaled. That's when For Free came out. And that shit just solidified it. And just like, do, 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 do. like, he was just running through all of his features. He wasn't even talking about his songs. He was just doing features, shit that he just owned. It was just like, Damn, this nigga got songs, bro. Like, what the fuck? And you just like, no lie. He's just performing all these fucking songs. You're like, what the? This nigga got tons of fucking hits. What the fuck? And it just solidified. Because at the time, man, that was that's not that many artists that could literally say they had a Wayne run. It's a lot of artists that come out and drop. And, you know, you got certain artists that drop songs. And they're on features. But when what I mean by like a Wayne run, like... A Wayne run, like people remember when Little Wayne was just like on everybody's shit, but everybody's shit that he was on was literally going to be on radio. That shit didn't happen until Drake. Like I haven't seen nothing like that until Drake. Drake had a, a particular run where if you had him on your song, your shit was number one. It was going, to, it was going to radio. It wasn't even close. It was going to radio. So to see that that night, it was clear. It was like God. Damn, this thing got so many fucking hits. This shit's ridiculous. And and the reason why the Summer 16 tour, by the way, is still, it was my first show I ever went to because I wanted to go to Drake versus Wayne, and I didn't go. Uh, and that was the year before uh, Views came out and everything. And Matter of fact, Drake had like two tours before he did the Summer 16 tour. He had the Drake versus Wayne tour. Then he had a particular tour called the Jungle Tour, 
I don't know if people remember that. And that's with him and Future. So he he bought he put Future on that one too. And it was like right after I think if you're reading this, it's too late. And so he had like two tours that I was trying to go to and I didn't go. And I really wanted to go to the Drake versus Wayne tour and I never got a chance to go. Um so to go to the Summer 16 tour was legendary. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I respect views way more now because I went to that show and I saw the visual. Like, still here, when I first heard still here, it was cool. Go to the show and see that shit is different. I'm still here, dog. Oh, this shit is different. Like, oh my God, this shit is different. Like, you see it. It's like, holy shit. Um, Grammys with him and Future. He bring Future out. The fucking lights go red. The future pops up. And then he goes off. It's like, God damn, this shit different. Like I said, Child's Play Live is different. Summer 16, the song, Summer 16. I said, I'm looking for Ravine. It's just, this shit just different, man. To be there. So I respect views differently now. If I probably never went to that show, I probably wouldn't look at views different. I wouldn't. But the show really made that album more of like, okay, I understand it album more now. Um, right after views, it was more life. And more life, I think it's actually more. More life is actually better than the last couple albums he's put out. Even views, in my my opinion, um, more life is actually way better than Scorpion. Than uh, what the fuck he called the Dark Lanes tapes, whatever the fuck that fucking project's called. Um, yeah, I think more life is way better than those projects, and I think because Views kind of was seen as, like, which is another thing about Views that I think got a lot of backlash, like, I told you about Thank Me Later, where he was the young guy, he was the new guy, so everybody wanted to see what he could do, Views at that time, he was just such a massive fucking superstar, Hotline Bling had already came out and took the fucking world over with the video and shit, so he was already a massive fucking star, you just wanted to see if he could keep that level of success going with views and I think views got a lot of backlash because it just you were looking for I don't know what the fuck people continue to look for Drake but I think they were looking for like this massive rap album but it's he's just not gonna give you a full-length rap album that's just not him and so more like kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit because I think a lot of people just wanted to hate on it but the thing about More Life that I think is so much better than a lot of these other projects is it showed range for him. It showed his range, finally. Um, Free Smoke, uh, you know, Passion Fruit. Um, what's another one? Uh, Do Not Disturb, bruh. That has to be the hardest outro for Drake, like, Do Not Disturb is such a, you know, just classic, man, um, Did I Lose You, it's such a classic fucking record, man, Did I Lose You, Lose You is still to this day regarded as one of my favorite songs, the way he was just talking on that shit, it's like, damn, nigga, um, but yeah, you know, I think that's the thing about the whole, you know, 
album, man. I think more like, and because he said it was a playlist, I think a lot of people just took it as that and didn't even think about it. But more like it's a really good fucking project. You go listen to it now. It's more songs on there that you can actually like and fuck with than you actually would say. He, him and Kanye would glow fire. Like, that's right before them niggas started beefing. So it's just like, that. that's crazy. Um, What's another record, man? What's the album? After that was Scorpion. And, you know... You got to give it in a different context. Like, we look at Scorpion, you got to look at it in a different context. He had a lot of good songs at the beginning, uh, but I think he was also really just trying to get to the second part and hone in on that. But Mob Ties, nonstop. I love the intro. Because um, Survivor was massive. I love the outro of the first the first album, if you want to say the first album. I love the outro. Is there more? Because that's such a great fucking question. Is there more? Like, is there more that I could do to this shit? Is there more that I need to uh, uh, prove to you niggas that I could continue to do this? Is there more? Eight out of ten is still one of the like when I first heard that song. That was my first song I loved out the gate. Um, it's still to this day. Um, elevate. Watching that fucking song live is crazy. Like he has the like the lights on the floor, and then when he's rapping a song, the shit starts to float up. And this shit starting to float up. It's like, yo, this shit. And he's like, and he's walking by the lights and the shit lighting up and they're flying up. And he's like, elevate, elevate. It's just like, yo, this shit was like, wow, nigga. It's shit like that, you know. Um, of course, the second half is him just rock, singing. And I don't diss the second half. I think the second half is actually good. Um, him and uh, Ty Dolla Sign, Static Major, Fire. Um, him and Future, Blue Tent, which Future kind of made that song. I'm not going to lie. Future really made that song. Because if Future wasn't on the end, or Future didn't pop up at, the, at that time when he was like, you know, because when you listen to the song, it's already kind of like, okay, I can catch a vibe with this. But if Future comes in at the at the end of that shit, Blue Tent, I got, like, it's just like, wow, like Future really killed this shit. Um, yeah, man, I think it was a good Solid. Of course, you know that's when uh that's where in my feelings are and all that shit. I like uh Jaded and you know so many other songs off that that second half that you know I didn't I didn't really like in my feelings and that's a New Orleans beat and I didn't like in my feelings like that. I still kind of I fuck with it, but it's not a song that I still to this day am like it's the best thing I've heard. Like it's cool, it's okay, it blew the fuck up a little bit too damn much. And it's kind of why I probably didn't like it so much. Like, I just didn't like it so much. It was like, okay, this shit's annoying. And when everybody started doing dances to it, I was like, yeah, this shit's annoying. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah, this shit's annoying. Um. Um. What was that, the Scorpion? Uh, the Care Package, which is just a bunch of old Drake unreleased songs. Which I think a lot of people, if you are a Dre fan, that project was really dope. And it was something that we always wanted. His unreleased songs on a streaming service. So we got it, finally. And go listen to it. Because, you know, some of my favorite Dre songs are literally on that project. Trust Issues, which is another song that came out during the Take Care era. Which literally solidified that album for me. Because Trust Issues is one of my favorite fucking Drake songs. Like, that shit is 
fire. And then he had like every motherfucker trying to remix it. Like the weekend remixed it, Justin Bieber, Chris Brown, like in Marvin's room and shit. Like, man, come on, bro. Drake just got the records, man. Um, like I said, Dark Lane tapes, uh he got some songs off that bitch. Like Dark Lane tapes, the beginning, deep pockets, goes into him rapping off a uh, you know, Song Cry, Jay Z, him even shouting out Eminem, you know, Superman and you know, and uh, and the Chicago freestyle. Then it kind of like loses me with him and Chris Brown a little bit. I'm like, okay, it's kind of cool. Twisted Slide was a was a shocker when it first dropped because I didn't know who the fuck that was. And then it was like, oh, that's Drake. And then I kind of like, oh shit. And then I was like, oh, learning to dance and shit. I still I still know that dance by the way. Um, <laughs> still know that by the way. Um, yeah. Um, D4L with him, Future and Thug, like that shit hard. Um. Losers off that project. It brought me back to where I first heard Drake. That song particularly brought me back to where I first heard Drake. Because like I said, it's 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 songs like that that makes the fans reconnect with the artists. Like you've got big but if we could still hear that one indication that you're still the same person and you still question certain things, you still have self-doubt, and that's the reason why I became such a fan of Drake because I was having anxiety. I was having self-doubt. I was having problems. And you hear fear, and it kind of brings that into, like, this nigga is about to be the next big superstar, and he's having these conversations with himself. He's doubting himself. So who the fuck am I? You know what I'm saying? Or, wow, I'm shocked somebody actually understands this shit. A lot of people say that was Cuddy for them. Kid Cuddy was for them. But for me, it was Drake. So I didn't really fuck with Cuddy like that. Um, so, yeah, that's that. And so when you hear a song like Losers on that project, it feels like that. It feels like, wow, he still, he still could do that. He still could sit down and pay attention and understand. There's differences to this. Still to this day, I'm still... I'm still Drake, man, and that, and, and that was such a great song. He he reminisced, and that's something about his catalog that will always get people is the fact that he can still reminisce about where he's come. And these are the these are the album cuts. These ain't just some songs that you just hear on radio all day. Those are the songs that really make you a Drake fan. Is the album cuts, the songs that you could just listen to and be like, "Yo, this shit is the reason why I fuck with this nigga." Um. Which goes into CLB, sort of for our lover boy. Um, the remorse kind of feels like that. Like at the end of CLB, that feels like a a a, a recalling song. Like, like you know, if I could, I'm teaching all these young guys, like you know, nobody's praying for you when you win it. Don't forget it. It's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like that's straight to the point. But even champagne poetry, you know, at the beginning, you know, which you know, and I tell people all the time, if you listen to CLB, he just gave you all the songs you loved already. He just redid every song that you loved already from his discography. The longest intro, Tuscan Leather. What is Champagne Poetry? So upbeat. It's upbeat, but he's also talking. He's rapping. He's not singing. He's, he's rapping. All of those songs are the same shit. It just he gave them from different projects, different times of his life. He just finally gave it back to you guys. So that's why CLB kind of does get hated on. But if you actually were to sit down and actually physically listen to the album, 
that is literally what it is. It's literally just a bunch of his old songs he just remade and, and made it up to date, kind of. With a little bit more beat and a little bit more umph. You know what I'm saying? But or a little bit more older. I would say he's a little bit more older now to kind of give you those songs differently. Um, and you can even tell. Cause I, and, I, and if you don't believe me, he literally has a song and you only live twice. Go listen to it. <laughs> he literally has a song now. You only live twice. So you think I'm tripping. Okay. He literally just gave you all the songs. Y'all said y'all liked already. That's CLB, pretty much. Who you like him collaborating with right now? Oh, 21 Savage, little baby. I wish he could do a song with Wayne and Ross. Just saying. Just saying. Um, what's the next one? Honestly, never mind. And I still cannot listen to that project. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, let's do it. Uh Jimmy Cooks though on the end. Ooh, that shit fire. <laughs> that shit fire. Number 21. That shit fire. That shit fire. That's the best song. <laughs> That's it. Well, all in all, man, what I'm trying to say is this. Drake is a legend. I literally just broke down every single album that he's ever put out, every project that he's ever done, every song that he's just touched or something, because that is the reason why I need people to really understand what I'm saying. It's not a particular thing about this man that has always, why I've been such a fan of his. It's the, it's the fact that he is still, to this day, you see it at the OVO Fest, or you hear it on, you hear it on a song with Future, you know what I'm saying, where he's singing, or you hear it on Jimmy Cooks, or you hear it on a new song, Stand Alive with him a little baby, like you hear these things, and it's still, he still could do it, and I think that's the thing, for somebody to have a run like he's had from 2009, let's really say when he really became something, 2009 to 2022, that's a 13-year stretch, and he's still one of the most relevant artists in the game. That's hard to fucking do, man. That's hard to do. And there's a times where people kind of did count him out and didn't think he could last this long. And he has. My favorite Drake songs are Fear. I've said it before. Fear. The Ride. Unforgettable with him and Jeezy. That shit just fire to me. I follow Unforgettable heavy. Um, What's another one? Uh, so another what for time with Janae Aiko. That shit's so fucking fire. Oh, that shit's so fucking good. From time with him and Janae Aiko, bro. Oh my god, that shit fire. I have songs off of every project that he's ever physically done. I literally, like I said, honestly, never mind. Jimmy Cooks. That was the easiest song to find. Like it's okay. That shit fire. Like it's easy. But every album he's ever put out, I can easily find a song that I could say, I still relate to this thing. I still relate to this dude's music. And that's the thing. He's got songs that you still relate to. It might not be the Take Cares and the Nothing Was the Same and the Thank Me Laters and the, you know, So Far Gone's, but he still got songs, you know. And will he ever get back to that time frame in his career? Maybe. But I think he's so accustomed to now just giving y'all the hits that it will take him a little bit of like maybe I do need to get back to that rapping 
where I had a real balance, where I knew I was rapping and singing, and it was going to be well received regardless. Like I said, around the time when the ghostwriting rumors, I think he became too arrogant and too cocky, and he kind of became too self-aware of what was going on around him. And I think he needs to get out of that shit. He's always been self-aware, but it's like now, I think he just honed in too much. And then that's when everybody started going at him, pushing Kanye and just so many people going at him, Tory Lanes, and it was just so many, so much shit. I hope for the next project that Drake does put out, and I think it's ambition because he said it on and Jimmy Cooks, and every time he says stuff like that, he's giving you a subtle hint. You know, he said it in, in uh, uh, laugh now, cry later. Like he said, CLB did. He's a certified lover boy then. And people like, oh, that's really what the nigga's name of the album going to be? And literally, it was the name of the album. So I think the thing about Drake is that he's one of those artists that no matter what, he's he's going to give you what you perceive to be receiving from him. But he's also going to give you the music that you also can still say he's one of the best at. It. So Drake. Thank you for the music that you have provided. And I'm like, well, listen to Fear. So, hope you guys enjoy uh, this episode when it comes out. And uh, life and times with music, I will be doing another artist. But who? Stay tuned. Peace.